Well, I am looking forward to uh, sharing this message with you today. Um, as you heard about in our announcements coming up, um, something that we call Serve Week is coming uh, in a little over <clears throat> a week from now. Officially, we're going we're gonna to kick it off on Thursday with Feeding America. If you've never participated in Feeding America, I want to encourage you. I have, I have promised some hardcore people that they would have fun. Hardcore people are not known for fun, okay? And I promised them, I said, you will have fun. And when they're done, I said, was I right or not? And they have admitted, yes, I had fun. They don't smile when they say that, but they, they admit it. And so uh, that's going to kick off Serve Week. And then beginning a week from tomorrow, um, we're going to really be kicking off Serve Week in earnest. As I mentioned before, we have a team of eight coming uh, from out of town through Convoy of Hope. I'm really looking forward to it. Next Sunday, Pastor Greg Colgrove is going to preach. Really looking to hear, uh, forward to hearing Pastor Greg. Um, Pastor Greg and I, um, we were friends in Bible college, and he dated my sister-in-law in Bible college. So I've always got that to remind him of, you know. But uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Serve Week is, is something that you might be wondering why we do something like that. <clears throat> I didn't have the guts to say this in the first service, but I'm going to say it now. I heard in the past couple weeks on a podcast that I listened to about all things related to church, someone said something really interesting. I don't want to dig too deep in it, but you got, when you think about it, there's something to it. They said that the last two years in our culture, because of the pandemic, okay, so you got to take that with a grain of salt, has been the most selfish years in the, probably in our history. Because we've had, to, we've had to really be concerned with us and our circle. And Serve Week is by its very nature getting outside of that circle. And so this is designed uh, to, to, for anyone to be able to serve their great opportunities. Um, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter man or woman, doesn't matter what you do for a living. Uh, this is going to be a great opportunity. I don't know about you, but the opportunity to teach young people, teach our kids to serve, very powerful. Um, John Bunyan, <clears throat> the author of Pilgrim's Progress, said this, you have not lived today successfully until you've done something for someone who can never repay you. Those are powerful words. Today, what I want to do as I share this message with you is I want to look at five different things that I believe they're going to they're gonna help us to 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 obey what Jesus has told us to do this, okay? And so the first thing that I want to start with is that we serve, number one, we serve the king. And when we understand that we serve the king, it puts everything else into perspective for us. Now, if you've been in church very long um, in your life or very many times, you know that the church... Um, talks about how God loves us. The most, the most well-known scripture verse in all the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What do, what do we, we learn when we're kids? The scripture, God 
is love. So there's no shortage of us understanding that God loves us, that Jesus loves us, that Jesus is our friend. The scripture says there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother in the Psalms. That's referring to Jesus and his role in our lives. But I want you to know that the Bible also says something else. In Revelation chapter 19 and verse 16, it says that Jesus, when he appears on his white horse, that he will have written on his side the words, King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is our king. For those of us who have accepted Christ as our personal savior, Jesus is not only our friend, but he is also our king. We serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I hope that the idea or, or even the word serve is not offensive to you today. It's possible that you might be listening to me and you might think to yourself, man, I, I just don't know. You know, I, I've responded to God's love. Um, I, Jesus, you know, I, I, he's my friend. But, but where does this idea of serving come from? Well, let me tell you um, about a man named Joshua in the Old Testament that Joshua, as the children of Israel were, uh, they were, they were coming out and, and they were going to go into the land that God promised them. They were coming out of Egypt. Um, there was a disagreement that broke out. And Joshua said this in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. He said, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was making a statement of commitment over his household, over his family. But Joshua recognized that we have a choice. God gives us a choice of who we will serve. We can serve God, we can serve him, or we can serve ourselves. The choice ultimately is up to us. But the essence of, the, of our relationship with God is one of serving. We are called ultimately to serve him. Joshua realized that we choose who we serve. We can serve God or we can serve something else. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. We get to choose who we will serve, but we can only choose one. We can only serve one. And you might say, but you know what? I really don't want to make a choice. I w- I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like uh, Swiss- is it Switzerland, the neutral country? Is that who that is, Brian? Is that right? I want to check and make sure I'm getting my facts right here. Um, I'm, we're like Switzerland. We're neutral. No, I'm sorry. You can't be neutral. We choose one or we choose the other. We have the choice that we can serve God, and we do not have to choose to serve God, but we do ultimately make a choice. That last song that we sang alluded to Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And this is the reality, is that one day, Paul says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. 
in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We can choose him now or at the end of time when we stand before God in judgment, our knee will bow and our tongue will confess, but at that point it will be too late for us. We can choose. We can choose who we want to serve. We have a relationship with Jesus that is characterized by serving. He is the king and we are called to serve him. Matthew 25, verse 40, it says, The king replied, Truly I tell you, whatever you do for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do for me. When we serve Jesus the king, when we serve him and we do things to serve other people, we literally are doing them as unto Jesus. You might wonder, how can I serve the king? We, with our energy, with our abilities, with our life we can serve the needs of others and Jesus said we are literally serving our king number two I want you to realize that our king defines the terms when you're the king you get to do that forgive me there but my throat was getting dry now serving in the the idea of serving in the world is very different because in the world the person who is the, the most powerful, the richest, um, the highest position, the greatest, okay? That's the person that gets served, okay? And that, that's worldwide, and it goes all the way down, all the way down. It, it literally can get to the smallest um, social group that you could imagine, the one who is the greatest, the one who is the most powerful, the one who's the strongest, the one who is the, the, the most wealthy, that's the person that gets served. That is the world's idea of serving. But I want you to know that Jesus gives us something uh, very different than that, the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, serving is the identifying mark of the one who is the greatest among us. Luke chapter 22, verse 26, Jesus said, but you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table, but I am among you as one who serves? Jesus completely flipped the script. He completely flipped the script on us. You see, in the Greek and Roman culture, they embraced power. They embraced power. And in a worldly system of power and, and control, um, the, the person with that power is the person that all others will serve. All things move up the chain toward the person that is in power. And if my position or my power is greater than yours, I may not have the most power, but you're serving me and then I'm serving the person above me who has more power than I do. Remember when Jesus stood before Pilate. Remember that. 
Pilate knew that, that Jesus had done incredible things. He, he had heard of the miracles that Jesus did. He understood that. And when, when Pilate was asking Jesus questions and Jesus did not answer, Pilate said, don't you understand that I have the power to let you go? What Pilate was looking for was for Jesus to serve up the chain. For Jesus to acknowledge Pilate's power. Matthew chapter 23, verse 11, Jesus said, The greatest among you will be your servants. Jesus' very purpose on this earth was defined by serving. Mark 10, 45, Jesus said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He chose, Jesus chose to come and to serve. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, I want you to look at this. Speaking of Jesus, Paul says, Rather, he made himself nothing. Jesus wasn't nothing. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Friends, I want you to know that King Jesus defines these terms by being an example to us. In John 13, 15, Jesus said, I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Jesus didn't just tell us what to do. He showed us ultimately what to do. Jesus is the example. Not only did he define the terms, but he has given us the example. He calls us to serve. And I want you to make no mistake about it, that in the Christian life, the terms have been defined and we have been called to serve his kingdom is a kingdom of serving. Number three, the king literally calls us to serve. Look at Galatians chapter five, verse 13. <clears throat> it says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not let your freedom to, uh, your, your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, let me say that again, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. We've been called to serve like Jesus. Because he's the king, he has the authority to call us to do so. He has the, the authority to define the terms of the kingdom. And in his kingdom, he has said, serving is the way we're going to do this. We're going to reject the way of the world, and we're going to do it a different way. He flipped the script, and now he calls us to serve. And through his blood, he has freed us freed us from the power of sin, and he has freed us to serve others. Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, Paul writes this, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. 
Paul says we need to work hard, but we don't work hard for men. We're not, we're not working hard to serve up the chain of leadership, up the chain of authority, up the chain of power, up the chain of what this world says we should do, but rather we are serving as unto the Lord. Paul reminds us that we serve Christ. And because we serve him, we must serve as he has defined it. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7, Paul says, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. You know, when we talked about last week, we talked about that it is more, it's, it's a greater blessing to give than it is to receive. When we give, when we serve, there is a blessing that we get that no one else can take away from us. And there's also the sense of blessing that I have been obedient. I am following Christ. I am surrendering to my king. And there is a joy that he gives us in that process. In fact, there is a a reward. The Bible says that even a cup of cold water given in Jesus' name, there is a reward that we will not lose when we serve the way Jesus calls us to serve. And number four, the king leads the way. The king leads the way. Last week we talked about the Lord's Supper. And while I was sharing um, during that message and, and at the end of the service, I realized that Jesus is talking to the disciples and, and he has the bread And when you're at a table and you hand food to another, what are you doing? You're serving. When we sit down at the, at the, the evening dinner table with our kids, you know, I mean, sometimes you gotta beat them off with a stick. And what do we do? We say, well, we're gonna take a minute, we're gonna thank God for our food, and then we're going to serve one another. In our table, I, you know, I, it's so funny. I, I, I laugh about this because, um, because my wife grew up in a family where you passed everything the same direction. Every, everything got passed. In my family, <laughs> we stand up and we, we reach out and we, we grab something and then we say, can I serve you? And we'll, we will literally, one person will serve like three other people on their end of the table. It's a different style of doing it, but it's, it's about serving other people. And, and when you see someone that just gets all of their stuff at first and sits down and begin to eat, it kind of gives you a weird feeling. You're like, hey, don't you care that anybody else, you know, nobody else has got all their food and you're down there already, you know, like, a, like an animal, you're already eating rather than serving those. And Benjamin can, can vouch for this stuff, you know, because he's at my dinner table virtually every night. And, and so we want to ultimately serve one another. Jesus, when he was at the, the table, at the, the table of the last supper, and he is serving them, I want you to get this. Jesus is serving the bread, okay? And what does the bread represent? The body. Jesus said, here's the bread. I'm serving you the bread, knowing that in a few hours, he would be serving the world what that bread represented. He would be serving his body. He took the cup and he gave it to them and he said, this is 
my blood, the blood of the new covenant, and he served them, knowing that in a few hours he would serve up his own precious lifeblood for the world, for the remission of the sins of the world. Jesus was serving them. Earlier that same evening, we read in John 13, I love this, I want you to get this. It says that Jesus got up from the meal, verses 4 and 5, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And then down in verse 12, it says, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Jesus was gathered together with the 12 disciples to celebrate the Passover. Don't forget that the Passover was celebrated because as Israel was preparing to come out of the land of Egypt, God said for the 10th plague, I'm going to send the death angel to come and he he will kill the firstborn of every family. But what I want you to do is I want you to take a lamb, a one-year-old lamb, perfect and spotless. I want you to kill it, sacrifice it, and I want you to take the blood and I want you to put it on the sides and above your doorpost. And that's going to let the death angel know to pass over your home. That was a picture of what Jesus was going to do for us. That idea. And Jesus on the Passover celebrating where the lamb was slain for the sins of the people, Jesus is preparing to be the sacrifice that would provide forgiveness for all. Jesus loved them. He longed to eat the meal. And the King of kings and the Lord of lords rises from his place. Now, they didn't sit in chairs like we do. They, they would sit on the floor with a very low table and have pillows around. But Jesus rises up. And it says that he takes off his outer garment and he wraps a towel around himself. Now, I'm going to use this as, as sort of an example. It's, it's not the same, but you'll get it in a little bit. You know, Sarah, you know what this looks like, don't you? This, this actually looks like a waitress or, you know, some, some and what do we call them? Servant. Jesus got up, wrapped a towel around his waist, and in that room of 12, he knelt down and he began to wash their feet. Okay? Now, this is not like my feet or your feet because these people live in a desert climate and they don't have shoes and socks on like we do. They have sandals, and you might have sandals on, but I'm telling you, it's still not the same. There's probably dirt caked on their feet. They stink. In a room of 12 men that walk in the desert, that walk on, on dirty roads, all I, I'm wondering how many of them might even had some, some, some foot problems, you know, some disfigurement. I, I'm sure they were, there's some ugly feet. I don't think they had toenail clippers, okay? I don't think they had toenail. They did certainly. You couldn't go get a, a petty, you know, somewhere and make your feet look good. 
okay? These were ugly, nasty, stinky, smelly feet. And the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords knelt down and he took his towel and he washed their feet. You say, wow, that's really great. You remember I said 12, right? Jesus knew. He knew that Judas was going to betray him any moment. And Jesus knelt down and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords washed the feet of a traitor. The person that would betray him to the authorities and he would be arrested. John chapter 13, verses 14 and 15, Jesus said, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Jesus says, do you guys understand what I'm doing here? Do you understand what this means? The creator of the universe, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords, the soon coming king is kneeling down to serve you and wash your dirty stinking feet, including Judas. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you realize it? This was not a slave that was washing their feet. In that culture, the, the owner of the home, he would have a slave or a, or, a, or a menial servant that would do that job. This was, not, uh, this was not Mary with the sketchy reputation kneeling down and washing Jesus' feet with her hair. No, no, that's not. This was not even one of the, the disciples washing each other's feet. This was Jesus the creator of the universe, washing their feet. It really sheds light on Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, when Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. We need to be reminded and before you think that the disciples had it all together, within about 10 minutes after this was over, they were arguing about which of them was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Bunch of idiots. Just like us. Just like us. We need to be reminded. And number five, the king equips us to serve. We've already established that we serve a king, that he defines the terms, he calls us to serve, he leads by example, and lastly, he equips us to be able to serve. In Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, Paul says this, we have different gifts. He's referring to each of us. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is Prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to, do, if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. What he is saying is that each and every one of us, we have been endowed with supernatural power and giftings to use to serve other people. 
It might be prophesying. It might be serving. It might be teaching. It might be encouraging. It might be giving or leading or showing mercy. But we have been given these gifts for the purpose of serving others, not ourselves. That's the reason. And we need to use those. In fact, that word serve, it means actively kicking up dust because we're on the move. In that culture, in that that dusty, dirty, sandy culture, every time they move, the dust would rise. Serving is someone who is actively kicking up dust because they're on the move, because they are using their gifts to care for the needs of others as God would guide them. Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, verse 11, he said, command and teach these things. And then in verse 14, he says, do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Friends, we dare not neglect the gifts that God has given us. We dare not overlook them. We need to cultivate those gifts and we need to engage those gifts. We need to use them in serving others. We need to be active in kicking up dust because we're on the move serving the needs of others as God would lead us to do. So... My example of a towel, there's a reason why I, I use this particular thing to be that example. And I think I had it backwards in the first service, so it, you couldn't even see it right. But last week I mentioned, I mentioned about Helen Burns who passed away here um, in the last couple months. We did her funeral just recently. And Helen for the last several years her health was very poor and she would when she felt that she was physically up to it she would have her family drive her into town because they live at the bay out at Sawyer and drop her off and they would come in through the door and she would have a walker and she would be very slow and she would come in and, and they would bring her, you know, her bags and things with her. And, and they would drop her off for the better part of the day. And she would serve with the ladies at the thrift store. Donna, you can verify what I'm saying. And this is, this is Helen's apron. An apron signifies serving. You might think, man, I, I just don't have, I just don't have any abilities. You know what? What one of the things that Helen was famous for, and I think I might have shared this last week. If I didn't, I know I shared it at the funeral. But Helen was famous for um, buttons. If clothing was not good enough to sell, and we were gonna, we bag it up and we give it to St. Vinny's, and they pay us by the pound for it. Uh, she didn't want that clothing to just walk out the door with all the buttons on it, so she would snip off all the buttons and then she would put them in bags and then they're sold so if you are a person that looks to replace buttons Helen had you covered and she couldn't walk fast she didn't have any strength she couldn't help pull things down from up above but Helen was there and she would sit down there for hours and hours and she would serve and if Helen can use her gifts every single one of us can use our gifts 
But I can imagine that as I share this and, and we talk about the world believes that, that you rise to greatness and others serve you, but the kingdom of God is about those that are great serving the needs of others. That you might think to yourself, you know, I, don't, I, I just don't know that this is gonna fit my life. I don't know that I really feel that I, that I wanna serve that kind of Jesus. And my question, and, I, and I, I, I say this with all humility and sincerity, but if this is not the kind of Jesus that you know and serve, my question is, would you like to? Because this is who Jesus is. This is, this is Jesus. And he... He is the king and he said, I have come to serve and I've come to call you to serve. And I believe that this morning, and and we saw it evident in the first service, that the Holy Spirit is working in people's hearts right now. Right now in this room, there are people that are having an argument in their own mind saying, God, I don't think that's what, I don't really think that's what you're calling me to do, to serve other people. And we're having that argument in our own mind. And this morning there were people that raised their hand and said, you know what? I don't know that I really understand serving Jesus that way. And I want to be able to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who came to serve and calls me to serve as well. That's what I want. That's what I feel the Holy Spirit calling me to in my life. And so I pose the same question to us this service. Would you bow your heads with me? Would you close your eyes? Just let's have a a moment between you and the Lord and maybe you're having that same argument, man. (laughs) That is not what I signed up for in in this idea of Christianity. It really doesn't fit my life. It doesn't sound like the Jesus that I serve or that I wanna serve. Well, my question to you is this, would you like to serve that Jesus? Because that Jesus is the Jesus of the gospel. It's not a Jesus made by our culture. He is a Jesus of the scripture. He said, I came to serve, not to be served. And I'm calling you to serve others. If that's the kind of Jesus that you would like to serve and you realize today by this inner turmoil, this inner argument that you're having with yourself that that's really not the Jesus that you've been serving and you'd like to serve that Jesus that I'm talking about today, that King of Kings, that Lord of Lords, and you are, you are following his, you want to follow his example as he serves. If that's you today, I want to pray for you before we close. Would you just let me know that you're the one that I'm praying for. Just slip your hand up if that's you. If, you're, if you want to serve Jesus that way, yes, 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 yes. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you are moving in this place right now. God, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts. I'd like us to all just pray this prayer together. Would you repeat after me, dear Jesus? Come on, let's do it out loud. Dear Jesus, you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you came not to be served, but to serve. I acknowledge that you call me to serve you. 
and you call me to serve others. Jesus, I want to follow your example. I want to serve you with my whole heart. Help me to serve others. Help me to love others the way you've loved me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father, I thank you so much for how you are moving in our lives today. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.